I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. folks welcome back to another episode of ginger and dutch here on the ginger and dutch podcast fresh off of a live instagram show with the old boy and uh day two of nfl free agency two days away from march madness nba is going back from the all-star break nhl is flying the world of sports at springtime is never better dutch come on in how you doing Doing all right, doing all right. You guys did a, a hell of a job last night on uh, on the live cast. I uh, I jumped on there on Instagram at the, the tail end of it, and you know I don't want to say old boy stole the show, but you know you guys got it dialed in, so it was uh, it was nice to watch. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's still going nuts. Uh, more stuff happening today. Uh, New England's uh, you know just keeps digging in deeper and deeper, and there's some more. Uh, Interesting things popping up um, probably in the next day or two uh, to see where New England uh, ultimately ends up folding here because they seem to be the big spenders right now. Yep, a few more wide receivers uh, that'll go with some big names. That's kind of what everybody's watching right now. Kenny Galladay and um, you know Marvin Jones landed today, I believe, in Jacksonville. Jacksonville, so, yep. yep. Um, a couple more big fish on the wide receiver front, and then it, I think it'll settle down, and then you'll get into phase two before the draft. Oh, come on, the Red Rocket, man. That was the big story today. <laughs> Andy Dalton to the Bears, which pretty oh. much all but all but puts an end to the uh, Russell Wilson rumors of uh, Chicago in that dream. So, Yeah, and I, I pointed out in, uh, at the tail end there in message, I, I don't know if uh, if, if Wilson's going to go anywhere and, and we'll be remain to be seen what happens. Like you said, we're, we're in uh, we're in March. We're not in August, but we'll uh, time will tell, uh, as the old boy was saying, um, what will ever happen with uh, with um, uh, Watson as well? If he's going to um, if he's going to hold out or what he's going to do, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. They signed Tyrod Taylor today to decent money. I know it was backup money, but uh, you know when you've already got a, a big fish in Watson like that, it, that was an interesting move. So some are saying that's probably a, a telltale sign that the trade will happen eventually, but who knows. Yeah, and they're gonna play hardball for sure, and I don't, I don't blame them for playing hardball. Just to hopefully keep the trainers away from Tyrod Taylor, and they may be all right because uh, I, I think he's a he, he can be a, a, a serviceable. Um, uh, listen, he's not gonna be a contender, but I can, I, I think he can be a serviceable starter in the and uh, in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. So we got a jam packed episode, right? You, you, uh, we're gonna. I'm so excited to talk NCAA. Uh, we're gonna break down the brackets, as you said, but why don't we? Why don't we just talk quickly about what the heck's going on in in, in Toronto right now? And it, it it couldn't have be better timing right now with spring training and and there's lots of buzz around the Blue Jays. Uh, you know, um, their their pitching staff starting to come along. Besides Pearson, uh, hopefully that's not a big band aid effect. Uh, he had a, a setback. But, you know, they're looking really good in spring training. Rio had an amazing uh, performance, looked like he was in mid-summer form because God knows what's happening with the Raptors. Um, just just in, 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 in disarray right now. It's a massive dumpster fire going on there. And, and, uh, and, the, and the Leafs, right? You, you know, <laughs> your beloved Leafs we, or my beloved Leafs, whichever way we want to say it, that we were talking about it. And, you know, they've lost five of their last six. They're, they're struggling. They're only four points up on Winnipeg. So, 
talk to me. Talk to me about Toronto here. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Everybody's just got to take a big deep breath. The Raptors are going to get healthy. They'll be fine. They'll make a little bit of a run. Um, you know, will they be able to get now with this this lower start coming off of uh, the All Star break here? Will they be able to get the run that I that I thought they'd be able to get? No, I, I don't think so. I think they're they'll be fighting an uphill battle all season long here now, especially with the jam packed schedule like uh, like Eric Smith mentioned on the cast last week. But they'll be fine. They'll get everybody back. They've got a favorable schedule. They got some easy games that they'll be able to rack up uh, rack up some wins. They'll play those um, upper echelon teams tough like they always do. Everybody take a di- big deep breath on the Toronto Raptors. They'll be just fine. Yeah, it's it's just such a shame that, you know, I know when you had Eric on the on the show and we were hoping, we had talked about it in the last couple of weeks about the Raptors maybe getting to, you know, 500 come the All-Star break and they ended up 17 and 19, lost five in a row since with everything going on with COVID. And it, it, you said it, you guys talked about how, how, how that schedule was so favorable and it's just disappointing that they couldn't take advantage. But, you know, there's good news on the horizon. Siakam and uh, uh, both uh, Siakam and Freddie got cleared to practice. So did, um, so did their rookie got um, um, Malachi Flynn, right? Yeah, he got cleared to practice as well. It uh, doesn't look like they're going to have anybody, maybe Siakam for tomorrow night against the Pistons, but they really need to, to, to get a win here and to, to, you know, crush any of these, Rumors that are going to start up again with with Lowry and and you know are they going to? Does it make sense to get rid of Lowry? Does it make sense to get rid of a the you know the hottest Raptor of um right now, which is uh, which is Powell? You either got to pay the man or you're going to trade the man. And could you get you know a, a first or or you know could you get a, a good prospect coming back and a first round pick? I don't know. I don't know which way the the right way is to go. But yes, they'll be all right. They're they're if they don't make the playoffs, it'll be a It'll be very, very disappointing. Um, I think they'll be all right as well. But, but what about the Leafs? Like, you know, we talked about it. We had a, we got into a massive battle. I wish it was on the podcast because I know our listeners would have loved it. But we got into a massive battle about Freddie and and not being good enough to to win it. Um, you know, and then you started talking to me about other goaltending and who you know these guys who have won. And you know, I, I as much as I'm not a big fan of. Uh, some of the guys like, uh, you know, O'Neal when he gets going on on his little rants and that. I, but I had to agree with with what he was saying with, you know, Freddie just and, and Versteeg was on as well. So I'm sorry to, to jump both ways. But Chris Versteeg was on this morning talking about as well. And it, he just can't seem to make that big save when it's 3-3 or 4-4 or, or to get them into overtime to, to have them steal that victory. And, you know, they're struggling right now. And they got a hot Calgary. Uh, Flames coming in for two games Friday, Saturday, back to back. They might fall out of first place before this is all said and done. Yeah, they might. They might. They'll be. They'll be. You know what? For 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 Leafs fans, it's like I've been telling everybody all season long. What does it matter? What does it matter? Right now, it, it, it you know you want the best seed going into the playoffs, but this is ultimately about the playoffs, is it not? Because sure. we, we've seen this, we've seen this squad, we've seen this this show before. We've seen them hop for twenty games and thirty games, and 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 you know, been dominant in the league. And you know, people talk about them being one of the best teams in the league. And you know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and this and that. But ultimately, what it comes down to, Dutch, is, is that is is can they can they take a step here? Because if they can't take a step, then it's time. It's time. We've seen this show for five years. 
you know, and I don't want to get into it again here, but this is, this is as good a team that, that they've put on the ice in my mind, in in terms of top to bottom from a defense core that stayed healthy to a forward core that they may try to tweak a little bit here at the deadline. But is it? Yeah. We didn't, we didn't do our job. This team is not good enough. Um, that, that's that's what it comes down to me because if if it's another one and done in the playoffs, then then they've got to start to take some responsibility and take a good hard look at this roster and specifically the core of the roster. Yeah, I agree, and 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 I think this will be all she wrote for Freddie as well. So, but in any event, uh, let's hope that they can right the ship. We're at the midway point with the NHL, and and I'm I'm starting to get excited. I mean, you you look at the temperatures coming up in. Uh, in Toronto and in our region in the next uh, week or so, you know, the buzz is, is happening with, with, with golf, not to flip subjects to it, but um, yeah. And springs in the air and, and it'll be nice to start watching some blue Jays and hopefully they can play meaningful ball because, you know, you know, usually we're tuned out by, uh, by July and you just, you don't care about the Jays anymore. So I'm hoping that uh, we get a nice run with the Jays and we can uh, enjoy that through the summer. And, and let's, uh, let's, like you said, let's hope the wraps and the, and the lease can, uh, you know, right this this little bump in the road right now, and 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 take us to the playoffs and make some exciting times uh, coming deep in the spring. Oh yeah, both teams will be in the playoffs. The Jays will be around. They'll be playing some meaningful ball. The old boy thinks they're going to win the uh, the AL East. I'm not quite sold on that, especially after I seen the Yankees with a couple of their starts. But and we'll get it to the rest yep. of our baseball preview next week. But let's get to yep. what everybody's scrambling, talking about, setting up pools, doing this. We're doing that two years out from the last March Madness that we had. Dutch, I think the committee on Sunday knocked it out of the ballpark. I said that to you off air. I think they got everything right. I don't think they missed a single thing from the teams. You know, the, the Big Ten gets nine entries. The Big 12 was seven entries. The SEC was six. Like, they just set it up perfectly. I'm loving the fact that there's no geographical bias no home court advantage. It is everybody's in Indy. Even some of the, a lot of the Indy teams didn't even make it. So it is just a home, uh, just sorry, a neutral court. Go out and play basketball and let the best team win. I'm absolutely jacked for this weekend. Yeah, and I don't want to pick a fight on this and, and dwell on this uh, conversation because we got bigger fish to fry on it. But I, I I do think they did a fantastic job with with you know, who got in and who didn't, you know, there's a couple teams that, you know, you and I talked about off air, you know, Louisville not getting in and, you know, they did a great job. And I do love the fact that I agree with you hundred percent. I think this should be a, um, this should be a quarterly thing. So every four years, I think they should, they should do this all in one every year. So year one, they go to the West year two, they go South Midwest and they work their way across the board and go to the East region and just do it this way. It, it just seems so much more logical, especially for the kids, less travel. And, you know, and it gives everybody, it gives the entire country and, and even some of Canada an opportunity to see um, a whole pile of basketball every, let's say, two, three or four years per se. Right. So I do love that. But, you know what, nine teams out of the Big Ten. I don't, I don't, you know how I feel about that, the BS and how everything's done and all this strength of schedule and all, and you put them up against the big teams. Well, they never get a fucking chance to put them up against the big teams all the time. And, and that's, I'm sorry to be blunt on it, but 
I, I just it, it bothers me that that some of these these lesser known teams can't get a little bit of a shot because how are we ever going to build these programs and ever we ever going to see you know those teams like look at Gonzaga way 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 back when we first started watching before even before Pangos like they were at nothing that whole conference was nothing and now they finally started to get some recruits and now look where they are but yet the rest of their whole conference is terrible because they just can't get the pull like the other big uh like the other big conferences and I just wish there was a bit more spread around but you know, money's money, um, and and that's just the bottom line. That's where it yeah, is. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was fairly evenly split, right? When you when you break that big, that big ten down, you know, by the time we hit Friday morning at noon, um, it could only be eight, which means you could have an eight, seven, seven, uh, six setup, right? Which is yep. it's pretty split across the board from from the major four, four from the Big East, which was nice to see, five from the Pac-12, which is a bit more than what we've seen in years past, and. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's it's not going to change. Uh, we could be here all night Never. arguing about out of conference schedule, this and that. And I, I, I just don't. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. And and yeah. let's be honest, the casual fan, of, and that's what this is all about here, is you know they want to see the big name programs. Come on, you don't want to see Grand Canyon, man? I think that's unbelievable, man. I want to go to the Grand Canyon. Love it. Yeah, they're in there. They've got a shot and. Uh, We'll talk about them in a, in a couple minutes here when we get to uh, our breakdown. That's so, what, what what do you think yeah. of the bracket? You, I know we wanted to go, uh, you know, bracket by bracket. Let's start with uh, with the South because I think uh, it's probably the most interesting of the four in my mind. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's start with the South there. You, you threw me for a loop there, but I'm I'm ready and I got it all pulled up and everything. And you know, I'm kind of torn in the South. Um, you know, I'll, I'll fire you my thoughts and then uh, and then you tell me where you're at and then I want to. We're going to break down the Canadians as well, so we'll talk about that. But um, I like Purdue in there, and, and, and you know what? Maybe i got a soft spot for them. I've always been a Boilermaker fan, and, and I really do like the, the Razorbacks. You know, it might be time for them to make a run. Um, it's been a while. You know, in 18, they went one and done. In, in 2017, they, they had two wins, but they've done a real good job on rebuilding that program. It was a long time. that in, They hadn't been in that tournament since 2008, where they had all that big rebuilding. And now since 15, they've been in there three times. This is their fourth time. So I'm really excited to see what's happening with, uh, with Arkansas. Um, but I gotta, I gotta lean towards the, the original favorites to get to the final four. And that's the Baylor bears. I know they lost to Oklahoma state in the big 12 championship Steph, but not even you know, the championship, not even two- the semifinal. Or the semifinals, yep. I'm sorry, yeah. But you know what? They've only had two losses all season, and, and you gotta you got to give it – if they get hot – listen, Jared Butler's the man. That guy's averaging 17 points a game. He's phenomenal, and I just absolutely love Teague and Mitchell out of the backfield there. Those guys there, they can shoot the rock, and they can knock it down from three-point land, and if they get hot, look out, they can make it to the finals. No doubt. No, no doubt the Baylor Bears have a chance to uh, – they've got the talent to be able to make it to the final four. I'm not sold. Haven't been sold all year. Um, I think they're they're a good squad, but I, I just I'm not 100 percent sold. And and when you start to break down this bracket, to me, there's a there's a lot of big fish in this bracket. You, you know, you touched on Arkansas, but and and Purdue, but you know, don't forget the likes of of a UNC squad uh, that's playing the best basketball that they've played all year. Um, they can fill the basket. They've got a tough matchup against Wisconsin. There's another veteran squad. Um, that's been going up yep. against some tough competition all season long 
gone toe to toe with Iowa, um, you know, toe to toe with Illinois, all all these teams in the Big Ten. The, to your Arkansas point, don't sleep on Colgate. I'm telling you right now, this game. You, you know, if you if you watch the uh, Selection Sunday show, folks, they talked about this game specifically. We could see 80, 90. We could see someone even crack 100, which very rarely happens in the tournament. This is going to be up and down basketball. Colgate can fill the basket. And I'm telling you right now, I'm calling it upset alert on the Arkansas Razors' backs. If they do not come to play, watch out for this Colgate squad, man. This could be a 3-14 upset. And then as you start to move down the bracket, some other big fish. You got Florida in there. You got Virginia Tech, who was was hit with COVID. Had to take a little bit of a break, um, but you know they had four quad one wins at the start of the year. Beat four top twenty teams um, in the month of January before they had their break in February. So don't sleep on Virginia Tech either. And the Buckeyes are just floating around down there at the bottom. They had a little rush stretch, but it seems like they've kind of weathered the storm a little bit by going toe to toe with Illinois, who's the hottest team in basketball right college basketball right now. Um, the, to me, this bracket is just wide open. It is a bracket buster because I believe most team, most people picking are going to go with chalk here and go with Baylor and your Purdue's. But I'm telling you right now, this is a bracket buster in the South region. I think this is completely wide open. I don't even know how to pick it. Yeah, and I got Virginia Tech to, to go on there. I got Virginia Tech beating Ohio State in, in the in the second round. And and you're right, that game's gonna be gonna be up and down. And and every team, you know, is you know, gets a scare in the in the tournament typically. And and if Arkansas is gonna make a, a run, I, you're right. It, they get by Colgate. I, I I think that and I don't wanna break down every single game, but I think that that, you know, if if they play a, a Texas tech team uh, in the second round, I think they can get all the way down to that sweet sweet 16 matchup there and and you know put themselves against a a v tech and therefore they could make it all the way down to that 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 matchup but you're right it is up in the air so what about any canadians is there any canadians on this side that we need to watch out for, for oh our yeah listeners? there's a couple where i'm going to look at specifically um you know i i don't i didn't have all the all the canadians in and like you said we're going to go bracket by bracket but an absolute unbelievable yep. year to, to canada basketball again 160 uh Canadian men's basketball players in the NCAA this season. Once again, an all-time high, topping 151 last year, and 23 kids in the tournament. So tons to watch for. In this South region, we're going to start with those Colgate, that, that Colgate team. Two, two Canadians on this team. We got Sam Thompson from Oakville, Ontario forward. He's not, he's not a big player. He's getting about 15 to 18 minutes a night, chipping in with three points, two rebounds. And we got the freshman forward. From Stratford, Ontario, same thing. Um, power forward, three points, two two rebounds a game. Uh, and Malcolm Bailey. So there's a couple of kind of key, you know, bench pieces. So if, you know, if you see Colgate get into a little bit of a foul trouble um, late in the second half, you might see a couple of these Canadians coming off the bench to help out Colgate. And then the big Canadian in the South region, and I mean big, at seven foot four. 285 pounds from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The kid's a freshman. He's going to be dominant in the next two, three years if he doesn't go to the NBA. From uh, from Purdue, those Boilermakers you talked about, as a freshman, he's chipping in 15, 16 minutes a night, and he's producing with nine points and five rebounds in just those 15, 16 minutes, and that's Zach Eddy, Purdue Boilermakers. He's a specific piece, and folks, you will not be able to miss this this kid because he's a giant. 
his wingspan is absolutely unreal, man. It's unreal uh, to be able to, like we always say, to be able to stand and dunk the ball is just, I don't even know how to explain yeah. that. So those, that's, uh, that's kind of our South region Canadians. Um, where do you want to go next? Dutch? I'll let you pick. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so who would you, so just, just give me your one. Like, I know you said it's an out, but, but who do you, you know, I said, I think Baylor uh, can, can make to the final four. I know it's an easy pick because they're a one, but do you, do you, do you want to throw at a team that you think might make it to the I final gotta, four? I got, I got to go two because it's such a wide open bracket and I called it the bracket buster. I'm taking either Ohio state or Purdue coming out of the big 10. Yeah. Those okay. are my two picks there. Right on, right on. You tell me. Fire okay, let's go right down here? south. We'll talk about those Gonzaga Bulldogs in the West region. Um, interesting, interesting region here. Uh, some some big teams in this region and some teams that have had a lot of uh, recent success in the tournament. You know, you've got Virginia in there with with the defending champs. You've got the number one overall seed in Gonzaga. you got Oklahoma and Missouri, the Creighton Blue Jays who were hot midway through the season. Kansas playing good ball again, big program. And then I know you've got Wichita and Drake in that play-in game on Thursday night. You like one of those teams. And then you've got those Iowa Hawkeyes down there playing the old Grand Canyon and Bryce Drew down in the bottom of that bracket. Uh, I like this bracket, but I do see a lot of chalk happening in this bracket. Yeah, and I do too. And you, you touched on Wichita and, and and the Drake game. I think either team that comes out of that game, I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards Wichita. Um, I I think they can take down USC in the first round. So if you're looking for a little minor upset in a six eleven seed, I I do like that. Um, and I we also talked about Kansas. They're just it's just Kansas. Uh, I see them making a run, and I'm really hoping to see a, a, a an amazing Kansas Iowa matchup down the road here. But clearly. You know, the Zags, obviously, they're number one in the country, and they got a great draw. They should have no problem at all getting to the final four from this. I'm locking them in as one of my final fours, and their cast is just just too good. With with Corey Kispert leading the way, you we all know the names, right? You got Drew Time, and I love their guard play with uh, Joey Ayea and Suggs. Like, those guys, you know, the, the, they, they carry that team. They, they can dominate the game, and they've got a ton of depth. Um, it just seems to be like that's just a no-brainer. I love what you said. It's a bit of chalk coming all the way through there. You know, I got one, two, three, four, all the way, uh, all the way to that, um, to that final. We'll call it the uh, elite eight there. So, um, anything that stands out in your brain besides, like you said, a Kansas or, or, or an Iowa? Obviously, Virginia's your, your, um, you know, the team that maybe they can pull an upset against the Zags, but I just don't think they got enough. There's one team that I that I keep coming back to when I when I go up and down the brackets, and I do agree with you on that six eleven the USC matchup, um, the playing the winner of Wichita or, or Drake, but I come back to VCU playing Oregon, not the same Oregon squad that we've seen in the last four or five years here. That's that's had some great tournament success. You know what? If they can get by Oregon, they're going to give Iowa a tough go. And and you know what? Lately, these Iowa three point shooters have not been as hot as they were. Throughout the course yep, of the season, um, I'll tell you right now, if, if those boys aren't hitting shots and they're up against VCU, VCU can D up. They make things tough. They play nasty. They muddy the game. And, you know, Iowa could be in tough here in that second round in the round of 32. That's kind of my, my other possible upset in a team that could uh, potentially become a little Cinderella. 
All right. And, uh, and any, um, who are the Canadians in this side? I know we've got the kid from Aurora that's uh, playing with Gonzaga. I know he's not a, he typically doesn't start for them unless I'm uh, miscuing there. I know he plays a ton of minutes still, but, um, and, and, and who else, who else is Do you have any standouts? Yeah, of course. I got some, a big, big standout from this, in this West bracket. And that's exactly what we were just talking about. And that's those Oregon ducks. They've got two Canadians on the squad. They've got pack 10 co-player of the year and Chris Duart averaging 17 points a night, five rebounds, two assists. The kid is NBA ready from Montreal. He's ready to go. Um, and then they've got Eugene and I'm not even going to try the last name Dutch. Um, it is a difficult yep. one. So, um, same thing from the Quebec side. So, um, two big time Oregon ducks there. So those will be two Canadians that are playing prime minutes, big minutes for them. So that'll be big to watch. And I've got a sleepy Canadian sleeper Canadian. He's senior guard out of Toronto from grand Canyon. You're going to see him playing those Iowa Hawkeyes that we talked about. And that is Sean Miller Moore. Um, kind of a role piece for them, averaging four or five points a night. He's getting decent minutes. He's playing about 18 to 20 minutes a night. So uh, you're going to see a little bit of Sean Miller more. He's, he can fill the basket. He's hot and cold. You'll see nights where he'll get up, you know, 12, 12, 15 points a night, and then he'll be shut out. So it'll be interesting to see what Sean Miller more shows up against Iowa. They're going to need him to chip in with some points off the bench if they want to pull the 215 upset. Well, it's a damn good thing you, you, you there is a Canadian because I, I never even knew Grand Canyon even had a had a program. So, so this is unbelievable. It, it, I, I didn't look up the stats, but it has to be their first ever appearance. I've nope. never, never even heard of it. And you know what? Bryce Drew is coaching it. I love it. Um, I think they've yep. been in before, though. I think I think this might be their second or third visit. But don't quote me on it. I'll have to look it up. Um, but yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely great, and great to get a, a matchup against a you know a big team that's been playing good basketball here in Iowa. So it's good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, let's move across the slate. Let's move over to the Midwest bracket. Oh, it's throwing me all over the place. Yeah. I love it. All right, this this is the big one. This is where I think uh, this is where I think the winner of the the entire tournament. I know you touched on it, but this is where I think the winner of the tournament can come out of. Uh, you are so big on. Uh, uh, two weeks ago when we were talking about a, a, a big team coming out possibly and they just got sewered with the draw and that's Loyola Chicago there they're going to be going up against a tough matchup against Georgia Tech and if they do win that 8-9 matchup look out because I believe the eventual champions are going to be the fighting Illini from Illinois coming out of the West um, they just the hot they pick, just eh? look on taking the hot pick are you well, I am taking the hot pick, and it's funny. I just got a text from uh, from Jonesy, and and he, you know he, he said, "Can you chat?" I said, "Oh, I'm doing the podcast with uh, with Ginger." I said, "We're going March Madness. Who do you like?" And he's like, "Illinois." I'm like, "Oh man, that's what I like." So I was kind of excited that I took that. But you know, you talked you talked on it right, being being that uh, that conference being one of the deepest in the tournament. Um, they're fresh off a championship win against Ohio State, which we all saw. They've won 14 of their last 15 games, and. The big man in the middle is, is virtually unstoppable. Kofi's almost 18 points a game. They got their all-star guard, uh, guard which you can say his name, Ayo uh, Somo, yep. and he's averaging 35 minutes. So this guy's playing almost every single minute of every game, 20 points a night. I just don't think that they're, they're, they're stoppable. I think they're going to take uh, eventually Gonzaga, and I think they're going to take them and, uh, and break the hearts and uh, break that perfect record. As far as upsets go, 
Um, I know you're big, and I think you're going to say the same thing as me. I think uh, Syracuse can win a couple matches in the uh, um, in this bracket. Um, but that's really all I see there. Maybe Oregon State coming out on a 5-12 spot. Uh, you got to like Oklahoma State. You're going to give me some more um, some more things. I'm just not sold on a West Virginia team as a 3-14. I, I think if they do um, if they do take Moorhead down, I, 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 I see – Syracuse possibly, uh, you know, going back to back uh, upsets as an 11 seed. It's possible. It's possible. It depends on what Syracuse squad is going to show up. That's for sure. It's uh, it's feast or famine with them. I do think they'll get by San Diego State. Um, the hard part, the hardest part um, now is is that for Syracuse is listen that San Diego State's got time to prepare for this zone. Bob Huggins, you yep. know, if West, West Virginia gets by, Bob, you know Bob, Bob Huggins has had enough experience. You know he's going to be ready for it. So, you know, you're not going to really sneak up on any of these teams. And it's not that same 2-3 zone with great athleticism that we've seen in the past years that, uh, that you know, even though teams are ready for it, it still surprises them with the athleticism and the length and, and all those things. So, um, I, I just I think Syracuse is in tough. I, I, I can see them getting by one round. I just can't see them getting by two. But uh, you never know. Don't sleep on Liberty, Dutch. Do not sleep on Liberty. I know Oklahoma State's playing good ball. Um, they went all the way to the uh, the Big 12 final. You know, they, they beat those Baylor Bears that you talked about. Cade Cunningham, player of the year. But I'm telling you, Liberty can fill it up. You always got to like teams in the tournament that can score. You know, if you're you're in the top sure. fifty in the nation in scoring, I'm gonna like you in the tournament because you, you can't teach offense. And and if you can get hot, you can just sneak up on some of these teams. Uh, not saying it's gonna happen, but I do like Liberty. I also like Oregon State. I wouldn't even be shocked if if at all if it was Liberty and Oregon State in the second round. I honestly wouldn't be. And and we watch Tennessee and Oklahoma. Uh, go home on opening weekend. So, and where's and where's Liberty getting most of their scoring from? You tell me, Dutch. Well, you tell me. Their guard play is unbelievable, yeah. is it not? And that's where this tournament is won. Like, they're you know, guard play is so key in this in this tournament. When you if you want to make a deep run, you got to have you got to have a couple kids that can fill yep, the hoop for sure. And then Loyola, you nailed it. Uh, you know, the, the Georgia Georgia Tech gets a gift in the ACC tournament with with a couple. You know, Duke and, and Virginia bowing out, and and you know Florida State just all over the map scheduling wise over the last month here. So you know, I don't take too much into account in there. You still got to win the games that are in front of you. So you know, good for them for sure. for taking down that tournament. But uh, Loyola Chicago, I got to back off my my big prediction now with with that bracket. You got a tough Georgia Tech squad coming in, and then like you said. Um, Drexler's going to get uh, bounced pretty quickly here by Illinois, and then that's a tough matchup on a one versus eight. I didn't think they would be as high as eight. I thought they deserved to be, you know, five six. But um, it's tough when you get that eight seed because then you're you're guaranteed almost to play a one in the second round. Exactly, you're so true on that. You 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 are bang on, and it's just unfortunate that it happened, but. It'll be remain to be seen. We'll see what happens. Uh, I just can't see them uh, taking down the one of the big favorites now to 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 make a deep, deep, deep run and and maybe win the tournament. With I do like those Houston Cougars in the in the bottom. I love the, how that bracket down there set up for them. I think they've got a chance to to uh, to make it to the Elite Eight, and I think they, you know, in a in a one game uh, showdown, I think they've got just as good a chance yep. uh, at beating Illinois than anybody. 
Yeah, and I got Houston in there too. So I, I agree. And I know we didn't talk about them. They were one of your teams, uh, you know, five, six weeks ago that you were pushing hard and they had a little setback and they've uh, they've been marching right along. So they deserve their spot as a two seed and uh, they'll, they'll make some noise. Well, let's finish this off here with the East region bracket. Uh, we got the likes of Michigan, LSU, the Bonnies from St. Bonaventure, Florida State, Colorado, Texas, some some big names up in this East bracket. Your your beloved Michigan Wolverines that we talked about earlier. I'm going to give you two names. Jaden Shackelford and Herbert Jones. Winners of the SEC Championship. Bama is on a roll. They've got one of the probably the most depth out of the entire tournament for a for a big, big conference. Yep. Natos. Natos coaching the team. They are absolutely unbelievable. I've got them in the East final. Um, it, they just, the, the way they play that, the way they play the ball right now, you know, nine, 10 guys running deep. Uh, I really like their system. Um, I, they're going to run into a couple, uh, they're going to run into a couple tough games. No doubt. Um, I think they're going to have a snooze fest all the way to, um, to the elite eight and see what happens in there. I, I don't know. Do you see any upsets? I know you love Florida state. Uh, you know, Georgetown is the, you know, the big talk. Uh, I know Jonesy had, uh, uh, Mr. Ewing on the uh, on the air today, and he was talking about it. You know, Georgetown coming as a 12 seed, they make make some noise there and win a a match. But can they can they take down Florida State in the in the in the second round? What's what do you think? No, I don't think they got enough depth. I think uh, it, it, I it'll be tough for Georgetown. You know, Colorado's uh, Colorado's a good squad. They are you know they're a top 20 yep. team in the nation. Georgetown's going to be in tough against them. They they may have enough. You know, I'm, I wouldn't put anybody on alert for Georgetown. You know, it, it's right. tough because they played a lot of games in in a short period of time to win that Big East tournament. And, you know, sometimes you, you get a little break and, and you sit back and you're like, it's hard to fire it back up again, right? And you see that with a, yeah. with a, a lot in this tournament is, you know, a team like that, you, you know, you get your Oregon States, you get your Georgetowns that, you know, truly have, have no business being in this tournament other than them putting, a, a, you know, a four or five game stretch together to win their conference tournament and, and get an automatic bid. Um It'll yeah. be tough. It'll be tough. That's a tough bracket up there. Some good squads. Don't sleep on St. Bonaventure or upset in LSU either. And give me your two, uh, two or three uh, hot Canadians on this side um, before we, uh, we, before we kind of end it and give you a little recap of what I uh, think's going to shake down. Yeah, there's some, there's some big ones. And I, I skipped over the Midwest and I want to just flip back there to end off the Canadian chat, but uh, we're going to, we're yeah. going to talk with uh, or um, start off with, with that Georgetown and that's um, from Brampton, Ontario senior center. And he is dominant playing 35 minutes a night for Georgetown averaging 16 and five. And that is Javon Blair, Javon Blair out of Brampton. This guy is a beast down low. He's going to be crashing and banging the glass. He's exactly what you would envision and exactly what Patrick Ewing wants when we talk about, um, the Georgetown Hoyas, and that's Javon Blair. We're going to go right to that Alabama squad you talked about, Nate Oates, and they've got two Can- two Canadians, both yep. from Toronto, Joshua Primo, averaging 22 minutes a night, and they got freshman Keon Hilton. Um, so Primo's kind of the, the guy right now uh, in terms of the Canadians getting a, a little bit more minutes as the freshman's kind of getting his feet wet, uh, chipping in with eight points, three rebounds a night, 22 minutes, like I said. So, uh, you're going to see him 
you know, come off the bench and, and play some, some decent minutes for Nate Oates for Alabama. And, and he'll be somebody that we can, uh, we can follow along. We're going to go to FSU, Nathaniel Jack, senior guard off the bench. You're not going to get a lot. You you know, you may get eight, 10 minutes a night, but you know, just someone to keep an eye on as the tournament goes on. Um, and you never know a lot of these Canadians step up big in this tournament. So um, just nice to know that you've got one at, uh, at FSU and closing out in that East bracket from the Colorado Buffaloes freshman from Montreal. And this kid's going to be good. Let me tell you, he's a guard. Keyshawn Bartholomew, um, 10 minutes a night. And in those 10 minutes, he's getting six or seven points. He's filling the basket. The kid's quick as a flash uh, for Colorado. I like him. I think he's going to be able to produce in the next couple of years and a nice little, uh, nice little story to follow along for Colorado. And then the Midwest, Doug, Solid. tons in the Midwest. Midwest. We skipped over it, but there's a bunch here in the Midwest and some big names. We'll start with West Virginia. Gabe Asabonini, uh, six foot seven, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. I might have messed up the last name there, but uh, he's a big piece. Uh, West Virginia's deep. They like to rotate a lot of pieces in because they play an up-tempo um, attacking style on defense. So uh, lots of lots of win needed, and that bench is needed for Bob Huggins. So uh, he's eight, nine, ten deep some nights. So you're going to see Gabe uh, be a big part of that West Virginia run. Oklahoma State, Matthew Moncrief. This kid is good. He's from Mono, Ontario, 21 minutes a night, nine points, five rebounds. He's a nice piece. He can crash and bang inside. He's, he's heavy on the offensive glass. He was a big part of their Big 12 run. Uh, to the finals. So Matthew Moncrief, have an eye out for him, Oklahoma State. And of course, we got to talk about Syracuse. Uh, Quincy Guerrier, sophomore from Montreal. This kid is NBA ready off the wing, 14 points a night, eight rebounds. He's your prototypical small forward. He's hit and miss. When he's hot, he is hot. He can fill the basket from three, not afraid to drive the lane. Uh, Syracuse, Quincy Guerrier. Um, big piece. He's got a bum knee, a little bit of a bum knee right now. So it's, it'll be interesting to see which, uh, Quincy shows up and Laola, like we've talked about, we know we've got two Canadians with them. I mentioned it on other podcasts and the hot Oregon state, um, team from Windsor, Maurice Kalu, five points. He's a, he's a depth piece. So tons in the Midwest to watch about for, uh, for Canadians. I hope everybody enjoys the tournament and enjoys the 23 Canadians playing in this tournament because they're going to be an integral part of a team's run for sure. Well, I'm going to count on you to lay that out when you send this this cast out and throw it on our social media outlets and make sure you hashtag all these kids because it, uh, it is exciting and well done. Great job on... Uh, on looking them up. I knew, I know you knew uh, a bunch of them, but to, to dig deep a little bit, uh, fantastic. And, you know, I think I, I really wanted to go deep. We talked about it way before. I really wanted to, to find something that I, that, that could lean me towards picking um, a, a high seed in the final four, which we typically do. I, I just don't see it this year, Ginge. I just see, you know, uh, you know, some of these big conferences. I just think they're going to have this, this, all the COVID protocols locked down. I think they're going to treat it like a business trip. And uh, I, I have three number one seeds in the final four with a number two seed. I just don't see anything. There's going to be some upsets along the way, but I think the cream will, as you always say, will rise to the top. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, fantastic breakdown and um, good way to good way to shift, uh, no shift doubt. gears. Here. Uh, everybody enjoy the tournament. I hope. Uh... They've got the day booked off on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. 
remember it's a little bit of a different schedule this year. So line up your sick days for Friday, not Thursday this year, folks. Yep. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sick on Friday. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Sorry folks. So, well, let's, uh, let's close Love off it. this episode. We're going no break. We're going strong right through here. We got to talk about the golf this week's picks, last week's picks, uh, Bay Hill sawgrass. Let's get to it. The ladies golf hasn't started yet. It'll be back at the end of the month. So we'll start to throw that in there a little bit. But uh, Dutch, what did you like? What did you like about the Players Championship this week? Well, I just could not believe how how perfect the golf course was and the conditions. The setup was unreal. It it played the part of what it's supposed to for the Players Championship, and I just, like I said, thought it was unreal and just a flawless flawless weekend by Justin Thomas. You know, sixty four, sixty eight. On that final round, he had he had 17 and 18 greens, and he only missed one. And the last one was the 18th hole, which is only by an inch. It was just textbook, textbook from one of the top players in the world that neither of you or I picked. Um, our picks finally came real back down to earth. With you know, I think our best was uh, yeah, uh, I think it was Jason Day at at T29, and uh, and Spieth just didn't have it all. He was T35, and you know, we had one other make the cut. Uh, Keegan Bradley, actually, Keegan Bradley was my best guy at 100, uh, 140 to one. He's the one that finished uh, T29, and I apologize. It was day at 35, so uh, it was it was phenomenal. But but the talk was, come on, <laughs> the first five holes that Lee Westwood and Bryson DeChambeau played were like you and me out on <laughs> you and me out in a in a tournament trying to friggin' figure out how to get started because they were just absolute sideways. On those first five holes, I felt so bad. I really, really was pulling for Westwood, and he just couldn't get that job done. And the harder it is, he's 47 years old. I don't think he's ever going to win again on the PGA Tour. I really don't. Uh, something to be said about Europe and maybe the way the crowds are and, and maybe the, the way it's set up over there, but he just cannot seem to find a, a figure out a way to win over on the main stage on the PGA yeah, Tour. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to watch. You know, it's you, you watch the last two weeks, and and I talked about it off air with, with somebody. It's, it's you know... He looked in complete control at Bay Hill um, in terms of is his whole game um, off the tee. And on Sunday at, at TPC, um, he was just all over the place off the tee. You know, he got to 16 and four or 12 fairways. And, you know, he hits he hits the last two for, for six of 14. But um, it was, he was just not comfortable, not comfortable. It was not the Lee Westwood and the ball striking that we'd seen at Bay Hill. And we'd seen throughout the first yeah. three rounds. Um, he was flawless uh, yep. on Saturday, ball striking wise, and he, he could he putted, putted like a twenty handicap. And if he would have putted, it, it might not have even been a golf tournament because he could have had a four or five stroke lead. But he did let the field back in, and uh, on Saturday, and and they took advantage. And and you know what? It's tough. Yeah, Thomas went and won that golf tournament, but you know if you're sitting there as Lee Westwood and you, and you, you're, you're taking a lot of positives out of the last two weeks in the, in the build up to Augusta here coming up um, April 8th to 11th. You're also sitting there going, you know, all I had to do in either one of those rounds is, is break par. You know, if he shoots 71 or 70 on e- either one of those rounds, um, he's got one wins, if one win, if not back to back. And, and that's going to be tough to recover from it, It'll be interesting to see here. He's in the field at Honda. So it'll be interesting to see if he can keep this rolling, but yeah, it's going to get tougher and tougher every every time he's in the driver's seat for Lee, and, and we're all pulling for him. But 
you know, you're right. It, it's tough to predict him to uh, to get the job done. Yeah, and 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 you know, deep down, there's there's a care there, but uh, I don't want to say this loosely, but I, I really don't think he cares. I, I think he's just at ease and loving the fact that he's out there playing golf. Uh, you could see him and Helen, his new fiance, there, um, just just walking. It was like a walk in the park from him. Even when he was struggling, he seemed to have a smile on his face, and he was like, "Whatever, I'll just take whatever, whatever happens, however it goes." And I just enjoy that, and that's the European style and the way these guys are are bred as golfers and, and it's, it's kudos. And that's why, like you said, there's, there's the, you know, there's eight or nine of them that are arguably, you know, in the top 20 in the world as, as far as the, the, the golfing world goes. So uh, it'd be nice to see him win again, but I, like I said, I don't think he, he's deep down inside. I don't think it's going to really bother him too much. And um, you saw all that stuff. You saw that in the, you, when Poulter and McElroy and, and Hatton were in the, the clubhouse after, a, I think they were yeah. like 20 something over and then here he is tw- tweeting out on, uh, you know, on his Instagram page, et cetera. And, and just, just, they were just there and, and enjoying it and, you know, take the good with the bad. It was hard to pick. You look at some of the guys that missed the cut this week, you know, you're the, the guy you picked and I, and I had him right there yep. as well. And, you know, Webb Simpson, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley. Victor Hovland. How about Rory? Rory shoots 79, 75. He's a mess right now. Like these are these are all guys that are in the top 10 in the world that are missing the cut on the biggest right now, the biggest tournament of the year. Next to here we go. The Masters is coming up in a in a month, but it was tough to pick. And uh, you know, for Westwood and DeChambeau to go back to back weeks, it's it's almost unheard of in the PGA these days. So kudos to them and and a, and a huge props for uh, for JT for winning the event. I'm. I was smart enough to uh, to watch the golf on on Sunday. I, I I hung around and watched the entire day, and you know I recuperated all my my silly picks and uh, and and took him in game. Uh, you know on the seventh hole, he was playing the best and uh, ended up uh, ended up getting lucky there. So um, onward and upward, we got the Honda Classic this week, and you know talk to me about it. It's that PGA National. It's it's. Arguably one of the hardest. Yeah, stops no doubt. Fazio design re- redesigned by Nicholas in 2014. Um, the the trio, you can see why these guys love coming coming on this Florida stretch. Like it, it's it's phenomenal. And now that they threw concession in there on the WGC, um, I know the plan is to go back to Mexico, but they may not because these like what a four week stretch. What a way to uh, to finish it off. Yep, they got the bear trap continuing with these hard golf courses par 72 75.2 rating 148 slope so not as tough as the uh the last three tracks but it can can uh pop up and bite you they've got five golf courses on the property um absolutely phenomenal uh phenomenal layout and uh it'll be very similar to similar to last week they've got a three three hole stretch that will decide this tournament on sunday and throughout the week yeah, and you look at last year uh, with Sun Yim winning, it was only six under, which is, you know, so rare these days to see that on the on the tour. And and yeah, they had a little bit of weather last year, but I I can't see those the, the scores getting you know like deep into double digits, you know, nine to maybe twelve as you see um, happen here. But dare I say, here we go again. You know, Scott Piercy, Gary Woodland test positive for COVID. You know, I hope we don't go backwards because this is right about when it started last time. And I'm just really hoping, I know they've got something, you know, they've got it pretty much on lockdown, but let's just cross our fingers and hope we can keep the run going because it's exciting. And I, and you, you, you saw it today at the golf course. Uh, we were both working at the golf course today and 
I bet you between the, the two of us, we had almost 20 phone calls. Folks, it's March 16th. Anybody listening right now? It's March 16th. <laughs> we're not open. <laughs> okay. I know it's 15 degrees on the weekend, but we're not open and we're not going to be open for probably a month. Uh, let's hope we get an early start, but um, the buzz is in the air and, and everybody's enjoying watching some PGA uh, golf. I can't get enough of it right now. I've watched more golf in the last, you know, eight weeks than I ever have. And I'm just, just so jacked for it. And uh, it'll be another good week. I might not catch as much of it uh, uh, this week, but I'll, uh, I'll be tuned in on Sunday afternoon. Well, let's for, make our picks, sure. Dutch. Do you, want, do you want to start first or you want me to let's go? Let's do it. Ah, uh, you start Not first. Uh, let's shake it up a little bit. We got to get, we got to get, we got to get our listeners a winner. And and I, because one of my picks is just is the lock of the week for sure. So I, I we're trying to all get right. back well, on I'm the board going all American. I'm, I'm got my red, white, and blue flags out this week. No, there's no Englishmen. There's no Europeans. I'm going all American here. My dark horse pick of the week. He was T eight at Genesis. <laughs> Um, 36 at the waste management, T32 at the farmer. So I know I'm going back over a month there, but he has shown some form in 2021. T7 here in 2019, T11 here in 2020. I don't know what he is on the betting thing because when I did my research, it was Sunday and they hadn't had the odds out yet. But I'm going Wyndham Clark as my dark horse pick of the week on the PGA Tour this week at the Honda. My rock steady pick of the week. T quietly T three at the players last week, tied 47 last year in this event, tied 33rd in 2018 in this event. I'm going with the lefty. I'm riding the hot hand. He, he does show at times when he gets hot that he, he gets hot for three, four or five weeks here. And that is Brian Harmon. It's my rock steady pick of the week. Yep. Yeah, he was pretty solid this week at TPC for sure. He was absolutely pretty solid. I like it. That's two picks that you've never picked before. Yep, and so my, that's, uh, my that's third pick of my All-American trio, my big gun, quietly T9 at players. Nobody even talked about him. He loves this golf course, T29 and 18, T30 and 19, tied for fourth last year. He's won a couple times on the PGA Tour in the last – 15 months he got a shout out on our top five who's the goat pga tour players from me and you last week and that is daniel berger as my big gun and that is my all-american trio at the honda classic well done i like your picks there and uh mine's very simple i i, I have uh, i'm gonna start with the lock of the week and you stole it he's the hometown boy and that's daniel berger and he's only 10 to 1 it is what it is but you said it for all the right reasons. How can you not pick him right now? Um, he had a tough, um, a tough week last, but you know what? I'm sorry. I, I love him in this situation. He is the class of the field right now, and that's the guy that I'm picking as my lock of the or as my lock of the week. My rock steady pick. You know, he had a sneaky, sneaky eight place finish last week, and this course is all about ball strikers, as we know it. It's one of the toughest on tour. Uh, and he fared okay here in the past. He's only 20 to one. He's made the cut all three times he's played there. And that is, and I haven't picked this guy oh, before. Like and that's it. big yep. Shane Lowry. Okay. And my dark horse pick, and I went deep here. I didn't go crazy, crazy deep with Oz, but I, I just think that he's finally coming into a little bit of form. Again, I have not picked this guy yet. I know you did once last year. He's a, he's a 46 to one. 
He's after three straight missed cuts. You know, he made the cut this past week. He had an amazing 68 on Sunday. He finished T22nd at the players, and he could be trending upward. Oh, and that's like yep. Dylan Fratelli. And there is where we stand. You know, it's not a, it's not a major, 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 um, you know, not a ton of the top players are playing in it, but um, I think you'll still see a good tournament. Uh, I'd like to take Sanjay M. I think he's going to be there as well. Um, so if I'm going to give an honorable mention, I, I see he's going to, I think he's going to be in the top 10. I think he'll defend well, uh, but ultimately. Uh, I like away. your picks Dutch. I think we got a good chance to get back on the, uh, back on the wagon here at the Honda classic and uh, see if we can get rolling again here. Well, yes, Dutch, sir, buddy. I got to yes, give sir. one shout-out that we didn't talk about at, the, at Sawgrass, and he's played well over the last couple of weeks, and that's a shout-out to our Canadian boy. We talk a lot about Canadians with the March Madness tournament coming up, too, and that's Cor- Corey, double C, Corey Connors. Hell of a couple of weeks, Corey. Keep it rolling, but don't peak too early. We need you at Augusta, young man. Um, we need another green jacket coming north of the border, so shout-out to Corey Connors. Keep it going. We're going to have Derek Ingram, coach of uh, Team Canada Golf, coming on. Um, the week, I believe the week before, the week after the Masters, we just got to confirm it. So we're excited about that. Um, any closing thoughts on this episode, Dutch? Well, maybe we'll get Corey Connors on here too before it's all said. And I know these fish are tough to go, but anybody listening out there, uh, you know, help us out. We're rocking and rolling here right now, and and I'm glad you brought that Corey Connors up. I'm 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 jacked for for what's to come with the Masters and. Um, it, it'll be exciting times uh, down the stretch here. Hey, spring is in the air. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, another great episode, and uh, let's shut All it right, down. folks, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ginger and Dutch One. We've got our live Instagram special episode up uh, on Instagram as well as going up on Facebook and in all of the audio spots where you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple, the whole works. And we'll have this episode up in the next couple of days. And thanks for tuning in to the Ginger and Dutch podcast. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch.